Get your Bibles out and go to John chapter 16. And I know that we have guests here today. You came looking for Mark and you got Daryl. But I'll promise you it'll be all right. Because Jesus is here anyway. Amen. I have a, an absolutely powerful, the, what I'm going to preach right here today is a message when God taught it to me, it literally changed everything in my life. And so I, I think it's time to preach it. I've noticed in the last week or two that in Orlando is a big meeting called The Send. How many of y'all are planning on going to that? There may be people here going to that. That's a, that's a meeting where they're rallying people to get out and preach the gospel again. The church, bringing the church back around. I'm going to talk to you this morning about um, the Holy Ghost. We've been talking every Sunday, except last Sunday we prayed for the sick. We've been talking every Sunday about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I've, come to, I've given you the Holy Spirit and why he's here. Why he gave him to you. How many of y'all, you know, you, you look at your life and go, thank God I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm a, I'm a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, faith-and-word preacher. I don't know how people live without him. I have no idea how they do it. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, come on up here and we'll introduce you to this guy. Uh, you know, but just having him inside of me, lifting me, showing me, helping me every day in my life, I don't think I'd make it if I didn't have the Holy Ghost. So, but I want to back up a minute and talk to you because Lisa and I just got back from Israel, Lisa and Justin and I. I don't get to hang around unbelievers much uh, because you start pastoring, you just, all of your friends, everybody you know is born again Christian. And you end up talking to people in the church all the time. But going to Israel, and I remember, I, I'm thinking back to the, to the time before I, got, before I started pastoring, and, and everybody I ran around with was lost. I have every job I've ever had, I've led up to a third, if not half the people I work with to the Lord. Everybody, everybody. It's, it, I love witnessing. That's why I thought I was called to be an evangelist, and I left Ramah. Got my pilot's license, started flying all over the Caribbean, and the Lord asked me in Haiti to take this church, and I couldn't believe he said that. I said, what sin did I commit that Jesus didn't die, that you'd make me pastor? So anyway, I'm glad I'm pastor. But going to Israel was a wake-up call to me because I'm running around a city who is very religious, and I'm watching people who are doing everything to keep the law perfect in order to go to heaven, and I'm walking around realizing that the people that I'm running around with are all going to hell when they die. It's a sobering thought. And I stood in Jerusalem, and I felt like Jesus when he said, how often have I tried to gather you, but you would not. I sat on the plane with a Jewish man, very religious Jewish man. And, uh, and at, right at sundown, he got his Bible, read his Psalms, prayed his prayers perfectly. Keep the law perfect. And yet when he dies, he was not going to heaven. And it began to bother me so that when they asked me to preach in Gedi, I stood up and preached an evangelistic message. I didn't feel like we well, was traveling with a busload of, of uh, Pentecostals and Baptists and wasn't that fun. Thank you all, but it was fun, 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 fun. One of the guys looked at Justin and said, you have changed my theology. Wow. 
or you've challenged my theology. Amen. So anyway, let's get over here in John 16. Let's read this. Um, Verse 5, Jesus is going away, and he says, Now I'm going away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? And because I said this, things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you, it's to your advantage I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if if I depart, I'm sending him to you. Let's go back in history a minute, and let's do a little studying. Let's do a little thinking. When Jesus came to the earth... The Jews of his day were convinced that their problems were physical, like David. They thought that Jesus was going to come and run the Romans out of Israel and, def- and defeat their enemies and take the, take the Jewish nation into the millennial reign. That's what they thought. That is the reason Peter rebuked Jesus when he said, I'm going to die. And he turned around and he said, how dare you say that? We're going into the temple. We're taking over. We're going to rule and reign with you. The fact that you think you're going to die, where'd you get such a thought? They had no concept at all that there was a sin problem. When they read their Bible, they, read, they see that the Messiah is a lion. He's like David. He's a conqueror. But what they never saw was that he's a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. They never understood the fact that the first time Messiah would come, he would have to be the sin bearer. And the second time he comes, he's going to be reigning king. We're looking for him to return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when I got over to Israel, what shocked me is they're still waiting on the Messiah to come and deliver them because everybody around Israel hates Israel. The world is against him except for Trump and Christians. And they're really shocked that we love them. They cannot handle our love. They don't know what to do with it. We took up an offering for the bus driver, um, uh, Aaron and his wife. And we took up an, uh, Aaron, the, the tour guide, and his wife. And they were blown away by the love. Didn't know what to do with it. So I'm going to read something to you. And, and so I'm after something today because I want you to do something with me. It seems like when we come to church and, 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 and this is a very big barrier that you guys force me to break through. It's very difficult because people come to church because they have needs and they want their needs met. That's why people come to church. It's very difficult to preach a sermon not about you. It, it really is because you put the brakes on and go, it wasn't about me. Well, if you want healing... I'll tell you the fastest way to get healed. Get your mind off you. You quit thinking about you all the time. There there needs to come in our life a realization that when God sent the Holy Spirit, he said, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. There's something more to you as a Christian than just coming to church, getting healed, getting blessed, getting prospered, and you being saved and going to heaven. Jesus came and died so you would grow up and be like him. He started a brand new race of humanity, and he said in John 17, as the 
Father sent me, I am sending you. When you get up and you go to work tomorrow, one of the things that God wants you to do is to be conscious of the fact that the people you're working with are going to die and go straight to hell forever. And there is nobody there to help them but you. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to take on the responsibility of being like Jesus? The earth, we've got to get back to this because the United States of America needs to hear the gospel one more time. And it's going to be up to us to get this job done. If we don't do it, it will not get done. So Jesus is talking here, and he says this. He said, nevertheless, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper's not coming. But when I depart, I'm sending him to you. And when he, the Holy Ghost, is a person, is come, he's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. This is what the Holy Spirit's doing in the world. Not the church, but the world. Of sin... Because they don't believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, you see me no more, and judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have a lot of things I want to say to you, but you can't handle it now. What's he talking about? He said that because they weren't born again. Until you're born again, you can't understand spiritual things. So he knew that the Holy Spirit was going to come in his place and finish the teachings of Jesus. I believe, like, like Mark Hankins said, that in his book um, the, um, on Paul, that Paul the apostle was the man that finished the teachings of Jesus. The Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, that is the finished teachings of Jesus. So anyway, let's get back up here. Now look at the scripture. It says, Jesus said, when he's come, he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, judgment. Of sin, because they smoke dope, drink beer, chase wild women, and they have green hair. No. It, don't y'all find it odd that the reason someone goes to hell is because they don't believe in Jesus? Now when I was a hippie and I just got saved... That scripture, I did not understand that scripture. Here's why. How does believing in Jesus save you? I thought, well, the devil believes in Jesus. He's not saved. Have y'all, come on, let's do a little thinking. Get your brain, put some oil on it, and let's make it work today. How in the world does believing in Jesus save a man? Did you know that people do not go to hell for sinning? Now, when I first learned that, that blew my mind. Donna, when I got saved, I, I, I'm a hippie. I just got saved. I'm sitting on my couch at home, and I'm praying about this. How did I get saved? You understand, when I got born again, I didn't even know what happened to me. All I know is I think about God all the time. And, I, and, and every time I do something stupid, I feel bad for the first time in my life. And all I want to do is read my Bible, and I thought, what happened to me? And I thought that I was a forgiven sinner. I had no idea what a new creation was. None of this made sense. So I began to pray. I called a friend of mine and went to Raymond. I said, pray the prayers of Ephesians over me. And when I did, I watched the Holy Ghost one evening come through the kitchen wall, came through the living room, and hit me and knocked me off the couch. Talking about falling out in the power in church, I fell out in the power in my living room. And the Holy Ghost said to me, nobody goes to hell for sinning. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you have relatives that are church of God, that's a wild thing to hear. Because they're all, they, they told me if I cut my grass on Sunday, I'd go to hell. 
So you got super religious people, you got all kind of crazy people, and then you got the Holy Ghost saying, by the way, people don't go to hell for sinning. Now let me let, let me make something plain here because I need to I need to straighten out some doctrines. Did you know that Jesus didn't die for your sins? S. Did you know that? Let me rip your head off a minute. He didn't die for all the dumb stuff you did. Do you know why he didn't? Because you were dead. He, I've had people come and say, well, you know, sin is sin. It don't matter whether you steal a pencil or you shoot someone, sin is sin. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to shoot you or steal your pencil. Which one do you want me to do? Oh, I just don't think saying is saying. And, and we've, we've preached all kinds of dumb stuff have come out of pulpits. You didn't go to, you're not going to hell because you sin. You're going to hell because you're dead. You're dead in sin. Dead people, you can't get better if you're dead. Go to the morgue and go, straighten up and fly right and we'll let you go to heaven. And the, and the dead guy, he say nothing. Some of y'all remember Tar Baby anyway, Uncle Remus. Anyway, that dates me bad, didn't it? I loved to read the Tar Baby when I was a kid. Anyway, go to John 3.16. I'm going to show you a scripture that if this is all you ever learn in your life, you can become a flaming evangelist. Everybody I've ever worked with, when the Lord showed me this, and this is the scripture he showed me when I, was, when I was at home, that nobody goes to hell for sinning. And we'll get into how Jesus did it in a minute. Now, let's read the scripture that the Baptist put in the Bible. John 3.16. Now, we know the Baptist put it, that in there because they quote it all the time. We also know that Kenneth Hagin put Mark 11.23 and 24 in the, in the Bible. I'm trying to make some of y'all old dried up people laugh just a little tiny bit so I can see whether you're alive or not. You know how many people have accused me of writing scriptures? You said, I, did, I was reading. Okay, God bless the Baptist. I learned this in the Baptist church. That's why I said that. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We're in verse 16. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believes in him is not condemned. The word condemned is the word con, means with, and D-E-M-N-E-D is just a fancy way of the, of the word damn. Damn is not a cuss word unless you use it as an adjective. I didn't use it as an adjective, so don't walk out of there and say he cussed. <laughs> he that believes in him is not damned, and he who does not believe is damned when? Already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the damnation. I'm, I changed the word. I'm not going to hell for changing the word. I changed it from condemnation because in church today, we think condemnation is that feeling you get when the preacher's preaching on live right. 
That's called conviction. That's not condemnation. Condemnation means, all right, let me, let me prove something to you. Let me just bring you up to speed. How many of y'all like to watch the Olympics? Do you like to watch the girls skate? I love to watch girls skate. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And every time I watch them, I'm always going, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. I, I, I want them to, they call nail it. They get up and go, woody, 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 and land and go, whoo. And you go, oh. Because you know they want to nail it. They've been practicing all their life. They got one chance. They did it a hundred times last week and today they fall. And when they do, there's a bunch of judges back there and they write numbers like five and three and two and they go. (laughs) And the girl gets a lower number. They're not going to take her out and kill her. (laughs) They're just not going to give her the gold. In other words, okay, if she nails it, she goes, she gets the gold. She gets 10, 10, 10, 10. The Russians, nine. You know, we don't like, no. I don't pick on, I, I shouldn't pick on. We actually have Russians that go to this church. But that's judgment. That's judgment. That condemnation means to throw someone away as worthless and to, uh, to get rid of them. There is a wrath. Folks, there is a wrath and it's coming. If you want to pay for your own sins, you will, you will meet a God of wrath. He is still a God of wrath, but Jesus bore your wrath. You don't have to incur that day. Okay, that's actually here in John 2. Now look at verse 19. This is the damnation. Read it. The light came in the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. And he who does what is truth comes to the light, that his deeds will be clearly seen, they're, they're done in God. There's no such thing as an atheist. Did you know that? The proof, an atheist is proof there's a God. Because if there wasn't a God, then you wouldn't need an atheist. I told an atheist that one time and he looked... All right. Now, what about this? Everybody believes in God. All right. Let, let, me, let me make a statement to you. Everybody on the earth believes in God. Do you know that? They believe in right and wrong. I mean, if you think I'm lying, look at them and say, well, tell me when you won't be home and tell me where you keep your keys, your spare key. Because when you're gone, I'm going to come get your television. And they'll say, what are you going to steal my TV? Just don't get religious on me. Steal? You mean stealing's wrong? The problem with us is that all of us who scream, don't steal, don't steal, don't steal, we've stolen something. And all of us that go, you lied to me, you lied to me, you lied to me, we've all lied. So you don't understand that we've condemned ourselves. Because we know right from wrong. Everybody knows right from wrong. Everybody knows that. Okay. Now, wow. I got to get my train of thought back again. I got to get back. He that believes in him is not damned. He who does not believe is damned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And I said, there is no such thing as an atheist. There isn't. Everybody knows there's a God. Everybody knows there's a God. And everybody knows right from wrong. But the world around us is living in shame and condemnation. They're under damnation now. That's why they're not in here. They can't face 
coming to church and hearing about a God that they're not living for. They know they're under judgment. They don't know what to do about it, but they know they're under judgment. So they'll say things like, how could a loving God send men to hell? I mean, they get all bent out of shape and get all torqued out of shape over you being a Christian. Every war that's going on on this earth right now is religious. Did you know that? Why does everybody want the Dome of the Rock? Because that proves their religion's right. I mean, you, everybody's fighting for that little tiny itty-bitty spot. And there's a Catholic church sitting on it for Pete's sake. Never mind. Y'all could get me going. Go to, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Many of you know this scripture, and I'm going to start at 15, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. All of this is of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Here it is. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespass to them. Why? When Jesus came and walked in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Why was he full of compassion to people? Because they're all dead. Did he come to prove to them they're in sin? No. The only people he had trouble with was religious leaders. The common man loved to hear him because they understood they were in sin, but he came to, to pay the debt and get them out of sin. So he was compassionate to them. You see, you and I are sitting here today on Sunday morning, and the only thing that separates you from a man going to hell is the blood of Jesus. You and I have no right to look down our nose at a sinner. Because without Jesus, you are too. That's, that's the, that should be the earmark of a Christian. Now, I didn't say that we love what they do. It said we love them. Now, one of the hardest things a sinner has is when they know you're a Christian, they think you're bringing condemnation to them, but you bring them love. And they don't know what to do when you do that. Because they're not, a, they're not ready for a God of love, and neither was he in the Old Testament. So let me finish reading this to us. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Okay, verse 19. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through you. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Did you notice that the word sin is singular, it's not plural? You are in, you're, nobody goes to hell for their sins. As a matter of fact, would y'all like me to get you real free? You're going to hell because of Adam's stupidity. Not even yours. 
That's good news. You say, well, I'm just, I'm a son of a gun. Yeah, you are. Well, your father Adam was a son of a gun. You act just like him. But then, now then think about this. If Adam, if Adam got us in the mess, there had to be a man get us out of the mess, right? So let's go back and talk about what actually happened that day at the cross. Why did what he said, he came to the earth, he walked, he was compassionate, he healed people, but he forgave them, but none of them were born again. Adam, I mean, uh, Abraham wasn't born again. David wasn't born again. It was nobody was born again. Jesus was the only man walking around the earth full of the life of God. He's the only one. When he came and he walked around because he is righteous, God asked him to take your place. He didn't die for you. He died for Adam. He took Adam's place. Well, if Adam's sin turned us into sinners, then Jesus' righteousness would make us righteous, right? All right, now let's think about this for a minute. So when he went to the cross, and Easter time, we're always watching the cross. But you need to get a vivid picture of this. When Jesus is in the garden, and he's going, God, if there is another way, let this cup pass from me. Folks, he wasn't, he wasn't whining about the nails. He wasn't even concerned about the beating. I'm going to tell you what was bothering him. The fact that his father was going to pour his wrath on him. And God the Father poured the wrath of all humans on Jesus Christ. So the debt's paid. Isn't it? Isn't the debt paid? Come on, I'm trying to get. Is that is so there so God cannot legally send a man on this planet to hell for sinning. It's paid then why do they go? Because they're dead. If you die without Jesus, you die dead. Do y'all see that? That is the reason I'm preaching this is because we've got friends. All of us have relatives and they're like, I don't want to hear it. Well, you might want to start doing a little bit of praying. And you might want to get a little aggressive and go, God, I really need to talk to some some of my family members. When they die, they're going to hell and it's a long time forever and forever and forever. And that's not funny. Um, Where is um, Teresa? Teresa, can I tell you a story of your dad? Teresa came to me one day and she said, my dad is in the hospital dying of cancer and he's not a Christian. Will you go and pray for him? And I think if I'm, he asked for someone, didn't he? Well, let me tell you something. I walk into a hospital and there is a man laying in a bed dying of cancer and he is scared to death. And he is full of fear and hopelessness. Now I'm going to say something right here. And I hope I don't make you mad. If I hadn't have gone, he'd have gone to hell. You say, well, God, no, no. I, I wished I could come and get a grab a hold of some of you. God is running everything and just slap some sense in y'all's head. If he's running this earth, he has it in a mess. The only way he's going to get anything done on this planet is through his body. And until you and I make up our mind, we're willing to go help people, 
then this world is going to stay in the mess that it's in. You can stop complaining about the world. It's the church's fault. As a matter of fact, it's the pastors of this churches of the world. It is the pastor's fault the world's in the mess it's in. Because we're scared to death to preach truth and you will leave with your tithe. Thank you for your amen and your hallelujahs. So I walk in the hospital and Hal's sitting there. And I came in and I said, well, he said, he said I'm, I'm going to hell. I said, well, you're not. I said, in 30 minutes from right now, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And this man looked at me like I had three heads. But a little hope hit his soul. Is that so? And he looked at me and he said, but I don't believe. And I said, everybody believes how. You're a believer. Let me stop right now and we'll tell you another story. We'll come back to how. T.L. Osborne went to China. And he got to meet with, uh, what's the big? Emperors, that's what they are. They're not kings, they're emperors. He got to meet with all the emperors of China. And I'm talking about the big, the big dog, the biggest, the biggest dogs in China. And he said, I am so excited that you believe in Jesus. And they said, They're talking to each other. And they said, Oh, we know believe in Jesus. And TL said, Oh, but you do. I'm so excited that you believe in my Jesus. Oh, don't know why. We don't believe in Jesus. He said, you do believe in him. That's why you won't let me preach. Oh, you better believe they believe in Jesus. Because he said to them, if I preach Jesus... Your people will get free. And you don't want that. Yes. Who believes? Everybody, listen. There's not a man on this planet that doesn't believe in right and wrong and doesn't believe in God. Everybody does. But the problem is we've never learned how to share Jesus. We've never, had a, we've never been able to help him. So Hal looked at me and said, I don't understand. And I said, Hal, I don't either. And I read John 3.16 to him through, what, 22. And I said this statement. I said, how? You're not going to hell for your sins. Jesus took them and bore them at Calvary. You should have seen this man. He looked at me like, I didn't know that. And I read Romans 10, 9, and 10 to him. I said, how you do believe he died on the cross? He said, I do. I said, you believe he rose from the dead? He said, I do. And I grabbed his hand and I prayed with him. And Jesus came in him and and the world fell off of him. And he sat there and began to weep and cry with joy. Here's a man headed to hell and all he needed was Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the debt. You don't have to. When he says the Holy Spirit's going to come and teach you Jesus because that we're going to hell because we don't believe in Jesus, that's what he's talking about. Our job is to explain this to the lost. And we have not done that. They're scared of church and they're scared of Christians. 
Let's go back a minute and let's go over another scripture here. Him who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the very righteousness of God. Let's go over that for just a second. Right after this time that I spent with God in Athens, Georgia, where he told me people don't go to hell for sinning, I had another encounter with God in Tulsa where I was praying about the same thing. And I was trying to get a little bit of an understanding of the new birth, of the new creation, of the things that we've come, we've become more adapt to it now. But there was years, nobody preached on who you are in Christ. I mean, nobody ever, you never heard a sermon on it. Well, I'm sitting in my house one afternoon, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God to show me more. And, and he said, use your faith. Use Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Use your faith to receive revelation. And I said, oh, I can do that. I said, Heavenly Father, according to the word of God, I, I now understand uh, who I am in Christ and what, what Jesus did. At 10 o'clock one morning, I woke up. Now, I always promised God that I would read my Bible and study a certain amount every day. I did. I promised him, and I kept my word. But this was a Saturday, and everybody was out playing, and I woke up, and I did not want to read my Bible. As a matter of fact, I told God I'd read Friday, and I didn't do that either. So Saturday's coming. I'm under condemnation uh, or, or guilt because I'm supposed to be reading my Bible, and I don't want to. It's 10 in the morning, and I'm standing in my bedroom, and I said, God... I don't want to read my Bible now either. I said, help me. And inside of my belly, I felt my belly begin to rumble. Kind of like I was sick, but I wasn't sick. It's the same feeling, but it wasn't a yucky feeling. It was a good feeling. It was like a happy yuck, happy rumble. And my belly began to kind of inside. And I kind of thought, well, that's weird. And all of a sudden, I felt something coming up out of my belly and it came out of my mouth, and when it did, I opened my mouth, and I could feel water hitting the back of my teeth, and it just, it was gushing like a fire hydrant, and I was getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, and this water filled my whole house up, and when it did, I stepped into the glory of God. And then I said to God, I said, that is weird. What is that? I said, it feels like water. And he said to me, have you ever read the rich man in hell said he would like a drop of water? Why did he want a drop of water? I said, now you understand, I'm standing and having an audible conversation. The glory cloud stayed from 10 till about 1.30 or 2. And I had an audible conversation with God all morning and early afternoon in the presence of God. Now, I didn't do it. I'm not super duper dog. I just believed God for it and he came. But he said this to me, he says, he said, why did he want water? And I said, well, I heard everybody in hell wants ice water. Then he said to me, why would he want H2O? His body is in the grave and it's the flesh that craves water. I said, well, I don't know. Because he's not, his body's not in hell. But he's asking for water. How did he want? He said he didn't want H2O. And then he said, what would you want if you were in hell? Say it a little louder. 
out? If you had A, water, two, banana split, three, out, which one would you want? Out. He's not asking for H2O. He's asking to get out. Then God looked, said to me, do you remember the day Jesus was talking to the woman at the well? And he said to her, if you had asked me, I would have given you living what? Water, which would spring up inside of you into eternal what? Life. So the life of God in the Bible is represented by water. So the rich man in hell did not want H2O. He wanted one drop, one tiny drop of the life of God, and he would have come out of the region of the damned. So what happened? And then God said this to me. What do you think happened to Jesus when he died and went to hell? And for all of you that have been taught he did not go, go read. Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three, three, days and three nights in the belly of the well, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The heart of the earth is hell. And David said, you will not leave my soul in Sheol or down in hell. All right. Now, if you'll read Jonah... It says that when he was in that fish, the mountains wrapped around him. There are no mountains in, a, in the belly of a Jewfish. I think it was a Jewfish. It's a personal opinion of mine, but everybody has a few personal opinions. So where did Jesus go when he died? He went into hell. Why? Because he became sin. Do you understand? Now, I don't have time for this. You're going to have to come back. Jesus died spiritually guys he came to earth as a man that was what he didn't want to go through my sin him who knew no sin he didn't take sin he became it if sin's paid do you need to pay it come on say it louder than that no tell the devil no I don't have to pay for sin it's already been paid glory to God so when Jesus was down in hell, at the end of three days, I want you to understand that in all of history, every man that died and went to hell had sinned. David sinned, Moses sinned, Abraham sinned, they all sinned. Nobody went to heaven. That's why there was a holding tank in hell called paradise and Abraham could talk to the guy over in the fire even though there was a holding tank for people who had faith in Jesus' future. But they still hadn't raised from the dead. They still were not in heaven. That's why he went to get them out. That was that cloud of witnesses he took with them when he rose from the dead and left. It was all of the saints went to heaven with him. Oh, glory to God. Y'all get me excited. I'm going to start acting like a Pentecostal here. So, so when for the first time Satan has a man in hell illegally, think about that. The first time there's a man in hell that has done no wrong. And God looks down and says, I know why you've got Abraham. And I know why you have Daniel. And I know why you have David. But you tell me why you have my son. And the Holy Spirit went down in the region of the damned. And one drop of the Holy Ghost on your tongue. And Jesus came out of hell like a rubber ball off the bottom of the ocean. Because hell is the absence of God. And hell cannot hold a man full of God. 
When Easter comes and you start hearing about Jesus rose from the dead, he's not talking about physical. He's talking about he defeated death. He is alive from the dead. Now think about this, because all of the people on the earth are dead in sin. Right? Now, God cannot have a bride for Jesus if she's married to another. So he had to allow sin to kill you so you would be dead. So once you were dead in sin, when Jesus rose from the dead, he's got all the people on the earth that are dead. And he said, I have been to hell. I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. I have the keys of death and hell. And he said, go into all the world and preach this good news to every man. And when you say, Jesus, come in my heart. Be the Lord of my life. You are asking for the water of God to hit your tongue and your spirit, man comes up out of hell and even if you died and went to hell you would walk around and leave do y'all understand what we have not told the sinner man we have told him you sorry good for nothing green headed ugly thing you that is not good news come on y'all I'm preaching better now Go to Ephesians. Isn't this good? Everybody I've ever worked with, I have set them down and they all want to talk religion to me. You got to get them off of religion for long enough to talk about Jesus. And they all know there is none righteous. No, not one. And all of sin and folly short of the glory of God. Well, what would happen if you just read that to him and looked at him and said, you don't go to hell for sinning. Jesus paid your debt. I'm t- you have no idea how many people look at me and go, hey, there's nobody ever told me that. Now, I'm going to tell you what I do. Now, I trick people. The Bible says, Compel them. It means make them. So, so, so I want you to watch this. Let's, I'm, we're going to get Paul saved. We've been waiting all this time to get Paul saved. Now, let's pretend I work with Paul. And Paul came in and he's talking about churchiology. And we're talking about all kinds of stuff. And we know he don't have a clue. But he's dead in sin. He don't know no better. Right? So I'm looking at Paul and I said, Paul. You know, and I shared that with him. He's like, yeah, well, I know Oral Roberts, and he steals money from people. That's not the, don't worry about Oral Roberts. Don't get into tithing with a heathen. Leave it alone. And I just grab him and say, Paul, do you care? Do you mind? I want to pray for you. May I pray for you? Everybody says yes. Can I just pray for you? I want to pray for you. See, he's going to, everybody goes, oh, pray for me. Please pray for me. Now, I'm fixing to slide him in. And he don't know it. Now, if it's a waitress, put a $20 bill in your hand. They, won't, they will not let go of your hand at all. They'll grab it tight. And I say, Paul, I'm going to pray for you. And he goes, thank you. Just bow your head and say, Heavenly Father, I want to pray for Paul. I want to thank you that Jesus died for Paul on that cross. I thank you that Paul has heard the gospel and he understands it. And I give you thanks for what you did for Paul. Now, Paul, say this with me, Heavenly Father. I do believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross for my sins. Jesus, come in my heart. 
be the Lord of my life. Amen. I didn't even ask him if he wanted to get saved. <laughs> I had a boy. Where was he from, Lisa? He was from um, Holland. And I asked him if he wanted to pray and receive Jesus. And he said, da. Now that's no. But I didn't know that da was no. I thought da was ya. So I grabbed his hand and I prayed the sinner's prayer with him. And all the time that we're praying, he's going, I, 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 I don't want to do this. I told him da, but see, da is not an English word. So when I got through, I said, go and tell all the other kids you just gave your heart to Jesus. So he's walking around, everybody's hugging him because he's now a Christian. And he got in the car to go home and he went, God, I never knew that was all I had to do. He said, I didn't mean it, but I do now. And he prayed the same prayer on the way home and got born again. And he came back that night and said, I didn't get saved in the meeting. I said, yes, you did. He said, no, I got saved on the way home. I said, well, explain. He said, I told you no. Isn't this fun? I have no idea how many people I've sat with. Now, people don't understand love. What they don't understand is that they, they know that they're under condemnation. But they don't, but it's going to take love. Some people, you're just going to have to, the meaner they are, the kinder you're going to have to be. So I'm going to tell you another story here. When I was in Tulsa, I was talking to a boy about Jesus, trying to get him saved. And at the end of me talking to him, he said, Jesus is a bastard and Mary is a whore. Yeah, I was shocked. I'd never heard anybody say that to me in my life. And he made me mad. And I prayed. I said, God, send fire from heaven and smoke his head. I mean, it made me mad. That's, you're talking about my Savior. You're talking about my Jesus. And, and it just angered me. And I said, God, you need to burn his barley fields. And the Lord said to me, why would you do that? This man is going to die and go to hell. I want you to be kind to him. It is the only kindness he will know forever. Do not treat him ugly. Well, he straightened me out. Why do you think God gives sinners good lives? He loves them. He's, listen, he's not, he's not angry at the sinner. He's trying to get them to come home. You, we need to change the way, we, the way we live our lives in front of people. We need to start being nice to people. If you call yourself a Christian, they should know you by your love. The meaner they are, the nicer you should get. They, they say something ugly, buy them some, make them some brownies. I didn't say it was easy. I said do it anyway. I was working on a um, crew of all black guys. And God put me on this crew because he knew I was going to be 
pastor in an interracial church. And I didn't have any black friends. I never had any. I lived in a white neighborhood and went to a white school. It was just white people. And I, I worked. And these guys were mean to me. They thought I should pay for every shipload of people that ever came from Africa. They threw mud on me, and they treated me ugly, and I had to have a job. Come on, don't shout me down. So I'm preaching Jesus to these guys every, every day. They called me swaggered. They called me names. I called them one day, and I said, do you think swaggered, what swaggered did is wrong? And they said, I won't tell you what to say. It was kind of like, heck Yeah. Blankety blank, blankety blank, 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 and more blanks. And I said, well, judgment begins in the house of God, boys. Y'all are next. They never called me swaggered again. Anyway, Omar Walker, one, one of the guys that was, and, and he professed to be a, a, a Black Panther. I don't know if he was or not. He came up one day and drug a concrete block up. He said, Morgan? What you got? Now, I, I, don't, I don't know what he means by that, what I got. What you got? And, and so I'm, and I, I'm thinking he's fixing to make another racial slur. He says, I'm being serious, Morgan. What you got? I said, what do you mean, what I got? He said, we give you hell. I said, you got that right. He said, but you don't change. You treat us well. Whatever you have, I want it. I said, are you serious? He said, yes, I am serious. I said, come to my house tonight. He said, a popka? Ain't coming to popka at night? <laughs> I said, Omar, come. Came to dinner that night, and Lisa and I got him back in fellowship with God and got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Before he died, he ended up pastoring a church in Claremont. And him and I became very good friends. Now what happened here? What turned all that? Well, the love God had for me, I gave it away. If God loved me, though I was in sin, I can love other people. And I understood that he's not acting like that. For no, He's, a, he's acting like a sinner because he is a sinner. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to act like a Christian. God's not asking you and I to treat people based on what they're acting like. Treat them the way God would treat them. For God so what the world? Love. He loves the world. I didn't say we agreed with abortion. I didn't say you agree with homosexuality. I didn't say you agree with piercing everything that you have. So that you look like a walking diamond. Whatever that is. Just in your lips, in your nose. Really? How do you all breathe? How do you blow your nose? I mean, you know, just never mind. I'm being mean, aren't I? I'm trying to quit. Did I ever read Ephesians? You he made alive who were dead in trespasses, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you once were conducted yourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilled the desires of your flesh, your mind, and were by nature the children of wrath just as others. But God, who rich in mercy, for who? You. 
because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ, for by grace have you been saved. He raised you up together and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ, so that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ. Forever and forever and forever, he's going to keep pouring grace on us and pouring grace on us and pouring grace on us because of Jesus. He'd like to start Start now. If you'd quit worrying about yourself and get your eyes on what Jesus did for you. Everything you ever had good happen to you is because of what Jesus did, not because of you. Amen. For by grace we have been saved through faith, not of ourselves, and it's the gift of God, not of works, lest we boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, go down to verse... um, Verse 12, and at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But in Christ, you who are once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he's our peace, who broke down the middle wall of petition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, to create in himself one new man, thus making two, thus making peace. You and Jesus now are one person. The same spirit that raised him from the dead is inside of you, and you can die no more. That's awesome, isn't it? Now, we can come to church and and rally about this all we want to and get excited about it and scream and holler and shout, but I'm going to throw a challenge out to you. Why don't you and I start praying not just for ourselves, but for the people that we work with? The people we're running around with, the ones that are lost, they don't know. I was lost. My mother drug me to a crusade. I mean, she had to make me go. I'm glad she did. My mother, if it hadn't been for my mother, I wouldn't have made it. God didn't have a super plan for my life. He, my mother started praying for me and God moved because my mother prayed. Had not Teresa came to me, think about this. God wanted howl in heaven, but, it, but Teresa had to obey. If she hadn't obeyed God and hadn't come and I hadn't obeyed, he wouldn't be there. You say, well, God did it. Well, he didn't do it by himself. Did he? So what's he want to do with you and I? When you start living like this, this gets addictive. You can't wait. You're a Christian. If you don't start giving out, Your Christianity is going to dry up. You're going to be running from meeting to meeting trying to hear the latest, greatest, baddest, best preacher. You're going to need to stop it. I don't live in Tulsa. I don't want to live in Tulsa. I don't want to live in Colorado. I want Jesus to plant me right next to hell. And snatch everybody I can right out as they're going over. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Well, I'm going back to the Israel. You know how many Israelis don't know this? All of them. There's Messianic Jews, but not that many. Now, I'm going to tell you this. It was hard for me to take this church. I preached, in, I preached in Russia. This message, 
I preached this message in E. Ketrenberg. And do you know who was there preaching? Did I tell y'all? I mean, I, I don't know which service I told this. I got invited to a meeting with big dog Americans. Now, I'm a little dog. I'm a pit bull, so don't tell. I don't know I'm little. I think I'm a big dog, but it don't matter. Some of y'all got that. And I'm looking on the front row, and there's all these Americans. And every service, they give an altar call. Eight to 12 people get saved every service. I mean, they're just, they're preaching American junk. Don't get mad at me. One of the Americans didn't show up. And I can tell you his name. He's from Orlando. He didn't come. And so they gave me his slot. And they don't know who I am. But they have a slot. And somebody's got to fill it. So I turned to the guy with me and I said, everybody in this building will come forward tonight. And he looked at me and said, how are you planning on doing that? I said, I'm going to preach the gospel. Listen to me. I got up and preached 500. I asked them, how many here would like for one drop of life on your tongue? Everybody in the building ran forward. And all of the Americans said, who is he? <laughs> Wrong question. What did I say? Yeah. Not who am I? Yeah. Now, is that amazing? People... People would love, you know how many people want to hear this? Well, next week it'll be about you. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Isn't this awesome? We've missed it in Easter. We talk every Easter about Jesus died for, listen, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, Jesus is not the one that rose from the dead Easter. You did. Come back Easter. You're the one that came out of hell Easter. Jesus didn't need to die for himself. He didn't sin. He didn't die for himself. We, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making light of Jesus rising from the dead. That's a big deal. He didn't do that for himself. He did that for me. So Easter's about me coming out of that tomb. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Everybody here always talking about, well, the day I die. Well, honey, I'm not going to die. I'm already in the millennial reign. Never mind. (laughs) Say one drop of the life of God will bring a man out of hell. Thank God I have it. Is this, does this help? Is this good? Now, that's just one thing the Holy Ghost does next Sunday. We're going to talk about righteousness and how he made you righteous. Anyway, God bless you.